This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. Come on, Rudy. Come on. It, we call it the uh, the place. The place to be. Yes, the place to be. Then I shall be. It is contagious. It is the place to be, and we are live each and every Monday. Do you actually need a camera for tout, or is it like part of the program? Um, yeah, I like Big Dick myself. I'm just kidding. Do you listen at all when I speak on the show? Party people in the place to be. Yo, yo, place to be is on my side, dude, because you don't want to be the target when I fly the coop. Nah, place to be is on my side, dude, because you don't want to be the target when I fly the coop. Place to be nation proudly presents a powerful pair of pro wrestling pundits. It's JT Rosero and Scott Criscolo, and this is the Place to Be podcast. They're in the place to be, and if a sucker step up, then he's bound to get served when the three combine. Fresh is a word, they do Place to be Nation, welcome back to the one and only Place to Be podcast. I'm your host, Justin Zero, coming to you live here from the PTB studios. And joining me, as always, is Mr. Scott Criscolo. Scott, how are you? Good evening, JR. Place to be network, friends and family, and Venoso. Welcome to episode 645 of the longest running episodic about a fucking gold standard. We are 55 from Seven Bills. And I know you may say that you may laugh at that, Jr. But the pace with which our new theme goes may end up being a little quicker than we usually think it will. You never know. You never know. Never we may know. get a few more Christmases and before. Uh, That's before we true. Get to yeah. Before. That's true. Long, and, and a couple of long uh, Halloweens. So, uh, 2024, sir. How you doing? Everything good? I mean, besides the flu and the broken tooth and the snow, oh, wonderful! Just wonderful. The snow. Uh, I know. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, the shitty weather. We'll put it that way. Not not so ice. Yeah. We've had a lot of ice, which I hate. I hate ice more than I hate ice. I agree. I agree. I'd rather just snow and then melt. I don't need all this yeah. glazing. I'm not shit, an ice so. fan. All right. Anyway, here here's a man that does know about snow and is a fan of ice. Ice hockey. Yeah. He is of yeah. course the uh, host owner of the Sportscasters podcast, co-host of the 24 Inch podcast. You see him from time to time. On the North South Connection, various videos, Cronosos, and other countdowns and lists. And of course, great time here, a longtime fan and guest on the Place to Be podcast, Mr. Steve Bennett. Steve, how are you? Hello, guys. I think I, my first appearance was in the 480s, I think. All right. So, what'd you mm-hmm. say? We're at 6 yeah, 645 now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I know I was on 518 because Scott and I talked about that one recently. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, well, it's but, always uh, good to have you, buddy. Yeah, and of course, here. uh, you're hot right now. You're coming off the big Bob Costas interview. Yeah. So this is like a this is a big get yes. for us right now. This is a star. Yeah, yeah. that's a big that's a big deal. I uh someone slipped me his number at the end of 2023. And I sent him a t- clear blue text and said, Love to have you, big fan. And I said, here's a link to this article they wrote about me in SI. He learned a little bit more about it. And he wrote back, and I could tell he was gonna test me. He said, uh, write me in the new year. 
and we'll see kind of. And But he right. said he also said the link to the article didn't work. I was like, well, I really want you to see that. I sent him a new link. And then yeah. he wrote back five minutes later. I was like, all right, I'll do it in January. So I had about three weeks. I went to Bob Costas University, man. I watched 300 videos on YouTube. I, read, I had a stack of articles this big. I read them all. I reread his book. I listened to some of his radio show he used to do. I wanted to be prepared for everything. And uh, in the end, you just, it's a normal, I was way over prepared. You know what I mean? Right. 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 I wanted to be ready for anything. And it, he gave me an hour. He was really fun and it got a lot of traction. Um, I got Richard Deitch put it in his column. Um, the awful announcing people still say they're writing on it. I, I haven't seen it yet, but they insist they're gonna, we'll see. Uh, but it's done well. The show's doing well. It's my 14th season and 13th year, 13th year doing it. So. It's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Well, hopefully the this year's uh full of health and big interviews for yeah. everybody. So yeah. Good to, uh, Definitely. good to have you here. And we've we've had some January episodes scheduled in the past with you that got got derailed. Yeah. So yeah, I was uh I did I, I was appeared at a place to be nation literally while I was getting injected with the lauded by the <laughs> nurse. Sure. Stop. That's great. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, that's funny. I, that's I've been right. on this show in all forms of health. Good right now, good. So yeah, well, thankfully we weren't doing video then. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and speaking of, if you are if you are listening on the Place of the Nation wrestling feed, welcome. This is simulcast now video on the North South Connection. So uh, if you want to watch, you can. With you know, whatever. Either way, your choice. Uh, we're just happy that I'm you're both. with us. Yeah. So this is our brand new format, Scott. We started it a couple months ago, making towns. And uh, Steve, what we want to do right now is um, have you tell us the town and why you picked it, and then we'll get to your match choice in a bit. Because we'll we'll kind of talk about. Sure. Oh, actually, we'll give us the match choice series. We're going to talk about this week in history from that time. But yeah. okay. um, tell us a little bit about what you picked and why. So I picked Buffalo, New York. Uh, it's my hometown. You know, born and raised here. As much as I hate New York State, I could never not live here. You know, I'm away a few days. I come back on the airplane. I see Buffalo outside the window. And it makes me feel something I haven't felt in a few days, you know. Something about home and being here. So I love Buffalo. I'm a big Buffalo guy. And um, I was at this show as a, a pretty new wrestling fan. Um, it's June of 87. So I was just about to turn seven. Um, and I had started watching about a year earlier, um, but really became a huge fan over the build to WrestleMania three and through WrestleMania three. And uh, my favorite thing besides Hulk at this time uh, was Steamboat. Um, you know, I felt personally hurt when the Macho Man tried to murder him um on november 22nd uh 19 1986 you know uh jfk was killed on november 22nd as well in 63 and i think uh savage was looking to uh have the second biggest assassination and <laughs> yeah. savage was to ring bell from the book depository <laughs> yeah yeah so i got personally involved, personally involved with that my grandfather who was an old italian guy at the time um when i started watching he thought he loved wrestling. He's a big wrestling guy. And I, I think I watched for something to talk with him about in the beginning. You know, I, I could get his attention. I felt like that way. And that was important. Uh, so I picked it. I was there. And we'll get into the night did not go my way. I actually have two videos to show or one match and one um, Jake Snake Pit segment. Um, uh, and at the end of each of these things we show, uh, I cried for an hour. So uh, 
it was it was a it was a, a night full of up and downs, as I will tell you. So it's a fun night. It's probably the biggest night still in the history of wrestling here. Um, there's been some other things, other pay-per-views, and but I don't think there's anything significant as significant as the start of the longest intercontinental run of all time. You know, I think that that is probably the most historically significant thing. So that's why I chose it. All right, so that is on the June 13th, 1987 Superstars, uh, Ricky Steamboat versus the Honky Tonk Man for the IC title. So we'll get to that later in the show. And the uh, taping I was at was, I think, on the second, and they got three shows out of it. Oh, yeah. So oh, 13, yeah. 20, and 27 were all, right. if you want to go back and watch stuff recorded right. that night, it's those three shows. Yeah, typical yeah, taping. They used to jam so much on those tapings. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they really did. It yeah. was a long, long night for a six-year-old mm-hmm. kid, if I recall. That's a lot of squash matches. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. So, Scott, why don't we go back in town, uh, back back in time to making town. the town. City of Buffalo. City of Buffalo. Uh, The week of June 7th, 87 to June 14th, 87. We're going to cover some of the history, talk about the house shows that were going on. We'll dig into some observer notes uh, from that week as well, kind of get a landscape, and then we'll dive into some pop culture talk, and then we'll head to Buffalo. We'll talk about some of the history of wrestling in Buffalo. And then we'll we'll watch the match together. Uh, so that's kind of the agenda here tonight. Uh, so Scott, what was going on uh, on the circuit on this week in '87? Uh, well, before uh, before we begin, I want to I want to echo what what Steve said about being you know a long evening when you go to a TV taping. The previous that February, and I was a little older than you. I was uh, 13, and I went to a TV taping at uh, the Coliseum, and uh, uh, there were Four Piper's Pits. <laughs> I think I'm I sure saw plenty of this guy right here. I saw plenty of that guy right there. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I think I, I had that one. Um, I brought I him, him over here. I have to show him on like everything I do. So. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, he was Akeem definitely was on. Well, I, yeah. Akeem wasn't there. <laughs> one man gang. Let's see. 87. He was probably in. Uh, yeah. He would have been there. He was probably in. Uh, yeah. When did yeah. he show up? He's there by Survivor Series, right? So probably. Uh, yeah. When yeah, again, he might have been, yeah, he might have been finishing up in yeah, he might have been finishing up in mid south at that point. Yeah, um, late fall, early fall, late fall. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah, this is winter. But uh, I know how you feel about long TV tapings because that was, that yeah. Monday night it was a challenge and it was a challenge <laughs> to get through that when you're 13 too. So, all right, so on this evening, uh, July 13th, 1987, it was a very very busy, um, it was a very busy uh, evening. Uh, in both uh, the WWF and in Crockett. Um, so the WWF had two shows. They had a split um, a split uh, uh, loop. And there was an East Coast one, and there was a Midwest one. We'll do the Midwest one first, because I want to surprise you with the East Coast one. So we, they were at the uh, Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, for the for this show, fifty three hundred. Here is your card, and you guys, I'll read it and then you know, give me your thoughts on which show you would have preferred to have gone to. Uh, so here we go, Frenchie Martin. So Jr. will not be at this one. Uh, <laughs> pinned uh, CV Afi. Oh God, <laughs> we already know what Jr. is going to pick. Um, yes. actually, yeah. Uh, Billy Jack Haynes pinned Butch Reed with a backslide. Rick Rude defeated Dusty Wolf. Your women's champion, uh, the fabulous Moolah, defeated Debbie Combs. Your world heavyweight champion, Hulk Hogan, defeated King Harley Race at 857. I'm sure that wasn't a bad match. Uh, Hillbilly Jim, who subbed for Jake Roberts, 
um, pinned the Honky Tonk Man after Jake Roberts interfered. Honky was not recognized as the WWF Intercontinental Champion because technically, since this show, since the the match aired that day, they hadn't acknowledged it until the next day. Mm. Mm. How about that for a little TV trickery? So, so Honky was not technically technically intercontinental champion live at the show at the keel auditorium scott casey pinned jose estrada george Steele defeated danny davis via count out and the main event demolition defeated the killer bees so there was your st louis show the east coast show was at the providence civic center let's go so there you go jr might as well pick up that figure again because guess who was in the opener that's right. And he won. So he did the double the double gun. <laughs> he ST Jones defeated the Red Demon. Oh boy. I wonder who that there was under the mask that night. <laughs> I know. Let's, right? let's see let's see the rest of the card. We'll try and guess who was under the under the hood. Okay. It was probably someone uh, uh either someone local or someone on the show. Yeah. Uh the Islanders defeated the Young Stallions. Ken Patera defeated Hercules via countout. Rick Martell and Tom Zink defeated Don Morocco and Bob Orton Jr. And after the bout, they started fight- rematch. I know, and they started fighting with each other because, as you know, that was kind of when Morocco started to turn face. Uh, Brutus Beefcake and the Rougeau <laughs> brothers defeated the New Dream Team and Luscious Johnny V in an elimination match. So that match is probably a decent length. Iron Mike Sharp pinned Outback Jack, and in the main hey. event, Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff defeated the Junkyard Dog with his feet on the ropes for leverage. It's not a bad card. No, no it's pretty bad. tight. Not, not a yeah. lot of junk. My guess is Johnny V might have been under that hood as the Red Demon. That's going to be my guess. I'm going to say it was probably, uh, I'm going to say one of two people. I'm going to say either Jose Luis Rivera, because he was everybody, or well-renowned jobber uh, at the time, Sal G, because Sal G was from Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, I have either. a feeling he was a local guy. I have a feeling. Well, I feel like he, I feel like if it was like a name like Jose Luis, they would have just had to be Jose Luis Rivera. That's why I think it was someone on the card already, and they just had him do double duty under the hood. Mm. Who would have looked? Um, it had to be somebody who obviously uh, couldn't be recognized. Zank John, Johnny V in that dumper couldn't have been him. <laughs> a poor Red Demon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, probably a jobber, but that's just me. So this is before I was going to shows, obviously. I didn't go to my first one until April of 90. Uh, my buddy Jim, though, was going to these. I'll have to ask him if he was at this one. Uh, but, Steve, a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, Providence was home to one of the only Hulk Hogan versus Jake the Snake matches when Jake was a heel. Yeah. I think it was in December, maybe. Uh, and he was at that. And he said he, it was his first show as a, as a fan. And he would have been young. He would have been, like, six. He said, but he remembers going. And the he remembers the rumors of, like, Jake getting cheered over Hogan. Um. But, revisionist there's no way know. there's no way in 1986 jake was getting cheers over hulk hogan anywhere I'm sorry. a split a split pop you might have been the eight, eight guys in the row he was in like <laughs> yeah, right. so he remembers it being the whole arena but the biggest problem i have with that and look at jake and hulk are both liars you know they right, both right. always when they're talking they're always working right oh, uh, totally. so you can't really believe just to me, if I put myself in 1986 contacts and I put on any other show that Hulk is yeah. in, I find it hard to believe that 
Jake was getting huge. Pops. I can see maybe they were like both getting cheered. Like I can see that, you know what I mean? Like where they were into Jake as a wrestler. Cause I mean, he was getting pretty over. Like there's a reason they turn him. Yeah. And if you watch that Saturday's main event match with Savage, um, where they're both heels, like right. Jake is one getting cheered more. So I think it was, it was coming anyway. So it might've been a little bit of like, they were headed that way anyway. And they kind of used that as a reason, but, mm. um, but anyway, all right. Uh, what else we got, Scott, going on? So that's, yeah, so that was that. So those are the two loops. There was one in Providence and one in uh, St. Louis. As for uh, JCP, Jim Crockett Promotions, they had a very busy day because uh, I believe this was a Saturday. Um, I believe it was. I think I graduated from grammar school the night before. So I'm and pretty this sure this was the day Saturday. of the show, Superstars, this was Saturday. Yeah, right? so yeah. yeah, this was definitely uh, a Saturday. So uh, we had a TV taping at the studios in Atlanta episode of w- uh, world championship wrestling you know the night show featured the dusty roads versus nwa television champion tully blanchard bout taped 6-6 at greensboro included tony shivani conducting an interview with world champion rick flair which he said precious was playing hard to get after walking off with his fifteen thousand dollar fur coat i just watched this in one of my chrono watches this whole 87 thing with uh between flair and jimmy garvin uh shook the hands of tv champion tully arn luger and jj Dillon in the ring uh, the matches were Kendall Windham against Art Pritz, Jimmy Garvin against Rick Sullivan, uh, Art Pritz. the ho- Art Pritz, uh, the ho- all the Sounds horsemen. Like a Seinfeld character name. Who <laughs> Art Pritz? Elaine yeah, goes on a date with Art Pritz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arn Tully and Luger wrestled against Mike Force, Cougar J, and Chance McQuaid. Jesus. Um, sound like NWO Arena guys. Uh, and so that was that match. Then there was the Sunday edition. Uh, of championship wrestling as well. Then they did something called NWA Super Bouts. Um, included Tony Schiavone as the sole host without J.J. Dillon. Featured an ad promoting the 1987 Crockett Cup on VHS, which is probably like 50 bucks. Um, included a TV champion Tully Blanchard versus Todd Champion from the 6687 Pro. Featured the announcement that the July 18th, 87 house show in Charlotte would be part of the Great American Bash Tour. Uh, Nikita Koloff, the U.S. champion, uh, defeated Ivan Koloff in a chain match. When after Nikita touched three corners, Ivan knocked him into the fourth. David Crockett was a guest ring announcer for the bout and explained the rules. Referee Tommy Young having to clarify to him that the winner would have to drag his opponent to the four corners consecutively. A writer, by, I think the week before that 718 show is when Luger beat uh, uh, Nikita for the uh, for the U.S. title. Which of course he would hold until SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam, uh, Starcade. <laughs> it's quite a crossover. Uh, right, right? pretty great match too. Uh, also on that day, Chris Champion and Sean Royal were injured in a car wreck, driving from the TV studio in Atlanta to Florence, South Carolina. The car hydroplaned in the rain, with both men being thrown through the windshield. Let's do the fucking Florence and the weather for these wrestling. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus, Mother Nature did not love pro wrestling in the city of Florence. Um, yeah, the car hydroplaned in rain. Both men had been thrown through the windshield, uh, before the car exploded. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, God. Uh, Royal suffered major burns while Champion's arm was broken in two places. So, I suppose that wasn't the jobber's name, Major Burns. It's too bad that world hero Hulk Hogan wasn't near the scene, he could have saved them. Yeah, (laughs) yes, that little girl last week. So, yeah, so. Uh, so there was a house show in Florence. There's no, uh, matches, uh, on the history of WWE.com. There was a, a card at, uh, the arena in Baltimore. So they were kind of, well, I can't say they were encroaching cause they did go to Baltimore a lot. Right. Uh, here's the card. Uh, one half of world tag team champions, Ricky Morton 
defeated Mark Fleming. Arn Anderson defeated Kendall Windham. Manny Fernandez beat Brickhouse Brown. Uh, the Midnight Express, who were the United States Tag Team Champions, defeated Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. Tully Blanchard uh, defeated Ronnie Garvin. Nikita Koloff defeated Lex Luger via DQ. And in the main event, your World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair, defeated Jimmy Garvin. So pretty loaded house show. In, uh, That's not bad. No. Yeah, I feel like they probably brought the A crew usually to, to Baltimore or anything kind of Northeast. Yeah. Kind of with that town, because that's when they both ran, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they oh, definitely yeah. try to make a dent. And then when, what, uh, what do they run? The, is it a bash next year? Or so, what? Don't they run Baltimore for something in the next year? In 88? Crockett Cup. Crockett, I think the Crockett yeah. Cup. I think the Crockett Cup's there. Yeah. Uh, is, wait, is Baltimore at the bash? No. The bash is in, uh, Oh, wait What's minute. the one that were on the friggin' boat and they do like the little press conference? Wasn't that uh, the that's uh, uh, Clash Two? Okay, that's Clash Two. They were signing the contract. Right. They were signing the contract for the Luger Flair match at uh, Great American Bash '88. Right. That was in Baltimore because that was the first pay per view. That was yeah. or the first non. That was the first pay per view of the Great American Bash was that show, and I think that was Baltimore. Bash '99 um, was in Baltimore, apparently. <laughs> God. Um. Uh, to add to this, because they were kind of about to buy them, UWF, speaking of Mid-South, uh, had Bash, a show. Bash 89 was in Baltimore. Okay. That makes I knew sense. something. One of those bashes was there. Yeah. Um, As I said, speaking of Mid-South, of course, Crockett was on the verge of buying them. Uh, UWF had one of their big Superdome shows uh, in Nolens. Here is your card. Uh, Shane Douglas fought Shasko Watley. To a draw. Buddy Roberts defeated Mike Boyette. Steve Cox defeated Gary Young. Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy, the, the uh, Freebirds, defeated the Terminator, the Terminator, and the Enforcer. <laughs> uh, your World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express, defeated Vladimir Pietrov and the Angel of Death. Your UWF Tag Team Champions, uh, Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner, they had a nickname. <coughs> Blue Lightning? Lightning Express. White. Lightning Express. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it was White Lightning with Tim Horner, wasn't it? Yeah. They were called the Lightning Express. That's right. Uh, they defeated Rick Steiner and Sting. Mm. Uh, your UWF World Champion, Big Bubba, uh, defeated Barry Windham. Black Bart defeated Chris Adams. And the main event, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, who was crazy over in UWF. He would eventually be world champion. I think he beat I think he beat Big Bubba when Big Bubba went to mm -hmm. Crockett. Uh, he defeated Dick Murdoch. So that was your that was your card. So UWF had a pretty that's a solid show, yeah. Uh, for for UWS, yeah. Which I mean, they're pretty much on life support. <laughs> point, so. Um, but to be honest, not a bad uh, not a bad you know cash. No, pretty of, busy of day. Maybe one of the best set of house shows we probably had since we did yeah. this. Good so. stuff everywhere. I would have went to that St. Louis show in a heartbeat. I would have went mm -hmm. to that Baltimore show. Seemed pretty cool. Yeah, that Superdome yeah. show is cool. Plus, you're in the Superdome. One of the best yeah, there you go. The world, so, yeah, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were at that time. Uh, uh, Steve selling out more than the Saints. <laughs> on the pre um, on the prefaces, though, uh, you know, '87 is their first playoff year. So, oh, '87, they went 12 and three. They yeah. only finished a game behind the because that was the strike year. They only strike finished year, a game yeah. behind the uh, uh, the Niners. So, uh, so the there you go. Yeah. yeah so so there's your house show. Uh, there's your house shows on that uh, date, June 13th, 1987. Uh, Jr. What any uh, news notes and tidbits for us? Yeah, this is a pre-Herb, so no Herb Coon Sidbits tonight, sadly. But we did pull up the Wrestling Observer notes um, from, looks like August, I mean, uh, June 8th, 1987. <clears throat> and it's a pretty big story, bro. 
So Dave has the news. Uh, the biggest story of the week is Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik have been arrested on drug charges. They were arrested at 2.20 p.m. on May 26th in Middletown, New Jersey, on the way to that night's show. They were pulled over, discovered to have been smoking marijuana, not eating it. Duggan has been drinking a bottle of beer while driving. They found more marijuana on Duggan, three, games of, three grams of cocaine in Iron Sheik's shaving kit. They were released later that day and worked the show, but it hit the news in several major cities. Since the two were in a major feud, this is doubly embarrassing to WF that they were traveling and doing drugs together. News reports had it that they'd been suspended, but WF fired both later in the week. Dave's understanding is that Sheik is highly, to un un highly unlikely to work with WF ever again, and Dave is more optimistic that Duggan will be brought back, although he imagines it will require a character tweak. This is extra embarrassing for Duggan because his hometown of Glen Falls, New York, is scheduled to have Jim Duggan Day this week. And Jim Duggan Sr. <laughs> is, is the chief of police <laughs> yeah. in Glen Falls. Uh, how fans will treat the situation is unknown, but in the long run, it'll probably be meaningless, which is true. The kayfabe issues aren't a big deal because fans who do believe, who choose to believe, will forget about it. Some fans may lose confidence, and it does hurt Duggan's character in the short term. Dave doesn't know if WF had rules about faces and heels traveling together, but he's pretty sure it's not allowed anymore due to the high publicity of WF. They also began finding faces and heels to drink together in public. While this will be forgotten soon, it does serve as a reminder that wrestling is big enough right now that you can't afford these types of incidents. Imagine if we were Hogan in Duggan's place and how it could have affected the WF. So before we get to the next story, any thoughts on this one? And um, I mean, he's pretty much right on everything. Duggan comes back and, I, I guess it does probably lead to a little bit of a gimmick change because he does the goofier stuff he does later really wasn't in place in this early run here. He is more of like the brawling tough guy, uh, you know, police officer type guy. Right. And later when he comes back, he's still that a little bit, but he does tweak to more of the tongue family out. friendly yeah, tongue right. out yeah. Um, yeah. bushwhacker type of thing. And I don't know if it was because of this or just, it was a natural evolution, but well at this time, my uncle worked at Hertz at the airport in Buffalo. And he would always say that the wrestlers would rent cars that were opposites. Right. The problem was he also told me he read in the newspaper that Andre the Giant was going to beat Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3. So when he did it, he lost his credibility with me. So I never believed yeah, it was him. Shot. And yeah. then oh. he, show, he showed me this in the paper. It said... See, I told you, I told you, you know, so he got a little credibility back. But I think the famous quote to Vince, Vince McMahon to uh, Hacksaw was, Jim, what have you done to us? <laughs> I think was what was the guilt. Trip I'm sure back. he played it out. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure he really yeah. laid it on thick. Yeah, what have mm -hmm. you done to us? Was the quote. What have you done to us? Yeah. What have you done to us? No longer a cop. Now you're a fool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Scott, any thoughts before we uh, roll along here in the notes? I I uh, I don't know what's. <laughs> I like the way Meltzer mentioned it. Uh, these you know uh, faces and heels driving and doing drugs together. <laughs> What's okay? If eating two faces marijuana. Eating marijuana. Uh, is it is it okay if two faces do drugs together and two heels do drugs together? But um, I mean they're they're fucking idiots. I mean they're fucking idiots. I mean they're they're, yeah. they're both idiots. So how I mean, much both cocaine idiots. is that? Three grams? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Could be. I, don't I couldn't yeah. even tell you. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure it was well, enough. Any for Coke Iron experts Sheik. that are watching or listening, leave a comment <laughs> on the YouTube. If Pablo Escobar is listening, no. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. I, uh, but, I mean, if it's Iron Sheik, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a, 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 a bountiful amount. But, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, 
they should have known better. The drugs part, I'm sure Vince probably could care less about the drug part because I'm sure he's fucked around. Well, he was probably coked up while he was yelling at Duggan. <laughs> yeah. Sheik, why didn't you share, you asshole? I, I mean, honestly, the, the thing he was probably most upset about was them being together getting caught. Like, yeah, that, he probably didn't give a shit they got caught. He probably didn't, like, whatever the fuck. He didn't care about any of that. He only nah. cared that they were together in the car. I mean, if Duggan got caught with Jim Brunzel, he probably wouldn't have given a shit. He probably just would have fired Brunzel and kept Duggan. But um, <laughs> he probably figured out who the lesser of two guys was. Jose Luis Rivera traveling with Hulk Hogan, and there's 40 grams of Coke in the car. Rivera, you asshole, you're fired. And then yeah. they would have moved on. It was a bad headline. He was mad at the headline. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Don't ask director of operations Jim Barnett attempted suicide this past week. Oh, no. Oh, there was a point where it was uncertain where he would make it following an apparent self-induced pill overdose. Barnett is one of the biggest names in business. He graduated from Harvard, got in the business with Fred Kohler in Chicago in the 50s, and became one of the most powerful promoters in wrestling over the next 30 years. His reputation is one of being at the right place at the right time and had a knack for building up a promotion big in the short term and then bailing out before it got burned out. He and Kohler attempted a national promotion through TV exposure on the Dumont Network the 1950s. That was when Scott, I believe you just mentioned, graduated grade school. Uh, but when they lost TV, that fell off. From there, he went to Detroit, built them up before the bottom fell out in the 60s, in which he went to Australia and made millions, but then left due to tax issues. Next, he went to Atlanta and ran Georgia Championship Wrestling in the 70s, lost control of the promotion to Ole Anderson, and then went to Rudyf right at the cusp of their move toward going national. So uh, clearly having some issues over uh, some maybe stress or pressure, or maybe, maybe he was upset about Duggan and Sheik getting caught in the car. <laughs> Couldn't handle all that Coke. Yeah. Um, all right. He, he ended up living till 2004, so he got over it, whatever it was. Yeah, I guess he, he fought through it, so good for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, all right. Some new DODF hires this week include some big names here. Rick Rude and the Midnight Rockers, both of whom were tag team champions of the NWA and AWA. Rude just up and disappeared this past week and no reason given. He missed his NWA dates. Over in Crockett country, they saw Vladimir Petrov in for him on May 24th and announced Ivan Koloff was replacing him as Manny Fernandez's partner on May 26th. Both shows, they said Rude was injured, which would make them look like dopes if he debuts in the next two weeks on WWF TV. <laughs> as for the Rockers, on May 25th, they dropped their belts on the way out to Boris Zukov and sold that Houston off before debuting five days later by challenging the Hart Foundation to a tag title match. Rude probably won't be a big loss in the NWA, but the Rockers are the biggest draw in the AWA. And Duty have found them appealing after Kurt Hedig backed out of signing. And of course, the Rockers run, similar to Duggan, yeah. would be very short, right? Because they get busted. Was they yeah. partied and started a fight in a bar or whatever? Rochester, yeah, they, I believe. The yeah, yeah they, were in a, they were in a bar. They were, they were in a bar. All the guys were hanging out. And Jimmy Jack Funk, art bar or whatever, was being a fucking dick. And he kind of goaded the two of them into like getting loud and picking a fight and of course they're both young stupid and you know fell for the bait yeah yeah they fell for the bait and and vince fired them and they went back to they went back to uh and they don't come back for a year i mean they're not back until late 88 so yeah survive they make the survivor back to awa yeah, yeah. But, tough uh, uh, tough a couple of months for guys getting hired and fired <laughs> which know. is funny because jimmy jack funk within the year would probably would end up getting fired because i'm watching like one of my chrono watches, I'm on 88 world class, which is just unwatchable garbage. And he's like one of the fucking guys that's on every week. The roster yeah. at that point, I think he, non- he must did he get fired? He probably got fired for this, I would think. Did they all get when they get the fight? I don't know if he did, 
But I mean, he, I mean, he probably did. I mean, by the time, I mean, right listen, by the time Haas and Terry were gone, he was fucking. Here's my barometer. Him. He's not in the WrestleMania four battle Royal. So he's, he's gone by then for sure. Uh, oh yeah. That, they got every, every jabron in that battle Royal. So if yeah. you're not in that battle. And you're not at some not, series. You're probably yeah. gone. No, nah, he was at, he was probably in a world class by that point. So. All right. Uh, we got a story about uh, Tenru in Japan. I glossed that. Regarding Roddy Piper's appearance in Portland, Dave saw the tape and thinks most of the rumors are unfounded. Piper wasn't familiar with the angles or younger wrestlers and just ranted and raved as usual, which made the show a lot better, but makes no implication that he's joining them on a regular basis. So uh, it talks about that. Dave sure Piper will eventually return, but not as a promoter in the Portland circuit. He broke his wrist 10 days before WrestleMania and wrestled the match anyway. He also recently filmed an ABC pilot with Lyle Alzado a former NFL player. Speaking of wrestlers turned actors, by the time you read this, you can see Jesse Ventura in the new movie Predator. Oh. There you go. Talk about uh, that Dave anyway. got a new typewriter, apparently, during, during this uh, <laughs> He still has the box on the floor right now in 2024 with all of his fucking house show sheets True. in it. So. <laughs> all right, here's some more notes uh, on some hires. A TV tapings this week will give a good idea of some of the new hires will be used. Ted DiBiase and Bam Bam Bigelow will be mostly in Japan until August. With Doug and out and Jake Roberts undergoing surgery, there's a lack of drawing baby faces. So Randy Savage may make his turn soon to fill the gap. The Rockers coming in is probably the end of any hope for Martell and Zink as a major team. When Martell and Zink came in, the Rougeaus were the team with the Rocket, and they were done. It was just never got over as hoped. It's obvious that Dirty F fans don't really see these teams as a draw, but rather as interchangeable. If the Rockers want to get over, they'll need to have a big breakout win early, like winning the tag belts. Junkyard Dog and Paul Orndorff are coming back in mid-June. Orndorff didn't get the recommended surgery, just rested for 11 weeks. To Dave's surprise, they're giving JYD yet another chance. So, uh, Steve, any thoughts on those notes there? I mean, pretty much on point. Yeah, it is interesting. He said they would need to win the belts because they literally never won them and were one of the biggest you know, it's yeah. our teams ever. They did obviously on Saturday's main event, but it didn't air. So it didn't happen. Right. Right. But uh, so that's interesting. And they're hiring. This is still when they're building the all-star team, right? As the smaller promotions are going down, they're bringing in these top, the DiBiase's you name root. They're bringing in the top talent and building the roster up and some yeah. huge. In, in 87, 87, yeah. 88 is a big turnover year for them. Like a lot of the guys from the early expansion by end of 87 start to filter out. Right. So your Morocco's, your Underworlds, like guys like that, right? They're starting to head out. And then 88, 87 to 88, you start to see the new wave of guys come in, like Rude, like Rude, the Rockers. Yeah. Brain Busters eventually, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, like all those guys start to become the, the next wave of dudes. Septino yeah. Bravo, he somehow hangs on. He gets pushed more. He had mob <laughs> Yeah. All right. And the UWF Sting turned face on May 31st, had a match with Terry Taylor, got beat down by Taylor, Eddie Gilbert, and Rick Steiner. Chris Adams made the save, so it looks like we may have a new team. Missy Hyatt is back in the UWF. They gave her a Piper's Pit format show, um, but they have her as a heel bitch type, in quotes from Dave. Classy, Dave. UWF had a big card on May 27th, headlined by Ric Flair versus Jimmy Garvin. Uh, but it only drew $23,000. Dave wasn't impressed until he realized there was eight inches of rain and a tornado that night. The Tulsa show the next night had even more issues. Weather kept Luger, Flair, Taylor, and Gilbert from making it. They offered a $3 discount for seats the next Tulsa show as a make good. All right, Sky, here's some world-class news for you. Mm -hmm. They drew a $9,000 gate with 1,100 fans on May 25th, their best number in a few months. Kevin Von Erich said he couldn't believe Brian Adias would try to kill him in the ring. 
And Dave can't believe how low WCW, WCCW will go. Also, Dingo Warriors back and getting a push because they're hurting so bad. And of course, he'd be gone soon. Ultimate yeah. Warrior shows up like toward the back end of 87, right? Yeah, late like summer. Yeah, early fall. Yeah. So they're about to lose him as well. Um, pretty interesting little note here. Mike Rotunda and his wife had a baby boy. This makes Blackjack Mulligan the grandfather. So I don't know. We'd have to look. I don't know if this is uh, Bray Wyatt or Bo Dallas, or I don't know if he's got another kid in there, but let's look up. If you want to look Dallas up that birthday. older one, right? Was it Bo oh, Dallas? I think Bo Dallas is older. So it's probably, it might be him. Um, You're reading a, uh, someone else's summary of the. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if Dave used to write like referring to himself as Dave or if you're. Oh, just, no, no. Yeah. He's like, oh, Dave says Dave thought. <laughs> uh, Bo like uh, Bray was born on was this May twenty third? You said uh, I don't know it's eighty seven. So okay. which one is well, eighty seven? He was born. He was born May twenty third, eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah. Right, so, so yeah. So it's him. Bo okay. was Bo Rest was born. Bo was born. Uh, hold on. A couple of years before, probably. Bo was born. No, Bo's younger actually. Bo uh -huh. was born May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety. Okay. Well. All right, so this is, oh. there you go, Bray Wyatt. Oh, Bray, Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was born. Late yep. Bray Wyatt. Crazy. Uh, happening in Florida, bounty for Sir Oliver Humperdinck on Ed Gantner. A Rotunda Dory Funk match for the Florida title is pretty good, and rookie Johnny Ace is getting a push. Kevin Sullivan's promos have gone really weird. He started calling Dory Funk Terry, and we asked him about his match with Gantner in Lakeland and started talking about fighting Bad News Allen at Daytona Beach. Only that match happened in February. Jerry Jarrett's CWA is working with the AWA. He did an interview with AWA TV, and Jeff Jarrett was named AWA Rookie of the Year. Dave says Jeff may be the lightest wrestler anyone is attempting to push on a national level. Meanwhile, Tommy Rich was doing an autograph signing for some girls, and one of them attacked him. It was Jerry Lawler in drag. Not much news <laughs> in AWA land. We get to look forward to Medusa Maselli challenging Sherry Martell for the women's title. Uh, he's got some notes about some stuff in Japan. Owen Hart had a really good match in Stampede against the Angel of Death. And... Uh, yeah, that's about it, pretty much. So, any uh, any mm. final thoughts on Dave's notes before we move along? They're fascinating. Like it's incredible to look back at, you know, a time like this, and when so much is changing in the business still. Yep. And to kind of look over the shoulder of what people are thinking in the moments. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. You know what's sad is if in 2023 somebody or 2024 somebody typed. Heel bitch on Twitter, Dave would probably fucking chastise him. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't know. I think he's more likely <laughs> to say it again, honestly. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, no. the one thing we can say is wrestling and drugs and firings will always be with us. Always part of the business. And yep. always is the number one song this week oh. in the nation. Atlantic Star leads off uh, the charts here as we head to our uh, vintage pop. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Jr. Yes, uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite songs of that era, "Always" by Atlantic Star, one of the probably one of the best ballads of the late '80s. Uh, at number one, uh, it was first week at number one. It was number two last week. Rest of the uh, top ten, pretty solid. You had 
Uh, you Keep Me Hanging On, the Pro Call Harem remake by Kim Wilde at number two. Head to Toe by Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam at three. In Too Deep by Genesis. Yeah, In Too Deep by Genesis at four. Uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston uh, at five from that amazing second album. Maybe it was her debut. Oh, it might have been her debut album, actually. Uh, the Lady in Red by Krista Berg at number six from the movie The Lady in Red. Or was it The Woman Krista in Red? Berg. The Berg. Uh, Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi at seven. We all know how awesome that song is from the amazing uh, Slippery When Wet album. Diamonds by Herb Alpert at number eight. JR and I have some fondness for other hits. <laughs> With or Without You by U2 at number nine. Of course, Joshua Tree, one of the greatest albums of all time. And number 10, Just to See Her by Smokey Robinson. So, oh. good variety. Solid. Yeah. yeah, and a pretty solid late uh, 80s. Uh, when the 80s were still the 80s, you know, and and it, because by, I feel like by 88 into 90, they start, we get a lot more <coughs> pop, a lot more slow R&B. And then we get into obviously the the uh, grunge in ninety one. All right, let's go from the radio to the big screen and see what the top ten songs, uh, top ten movies are. Sorry, uh, for the weekend of June twelfth, nineteen eighty seven. Here is your top ten. Uh, there are a quite a good number of legitimate uh, hits in this top ten. Summer movies, yes, yeah, summer blockbusters. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, at, at number ten, Million Dollar Mystery. At number nine, uh, Platoon one of uh, Oliver Stone's best. Uh, number eight, Secret of My Success. Little uh, little Michael J. Fox action. Number seven, Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't realize yeah. really there were Ernest movies that early. I thought they weren't until the 90s. Wow, I don't remember that. Well, that's the first uh, one, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, number six, Harry and the Hendersons, uh, which I think would be end up being a TV show, I think. Um, number five, The Believers. At number four, great movie, The Untouchables. Uh, Oscar-winning performance by Sean Connery. These top three are pretty great. Number three, Beverly Hills Cop 2. With really great. Gorgeous Heel. Four coming soon. Yep. Gorgeous Heel, Brigitte Nielsen. And, of course, they're all coming on 4K soon. Yeah. Uh, and then a pair of debut movies this weekend. At number two, The Witches of Eastwick. Jack Nicholson, Cher, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think Susan Sarandon, I think. And the number one movie of the weekend, Predator. No surprise. Arnold. Yeah, Arnold. 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 I mean, could you have asked for a better trio than Arnold, Apollo Creed, and The Body? I ain't got time Pretty to good. bleed. Pretty good. He's got no time to bleed. Yeah, he's got no time to bleed. You've seen it, right, Jr. You've obviously seen Predator. Yeah, I mean, not anytime recently, but yes, uh, got to rewatch it. I just, I just watched it in the last few months. Fantastic movie. Sequels, okay, uh, with Danny Glover, but the first one is is pretty great. So, uh, so there you go. There are your top ten movies uh, this weekend, June twelfth, nineteen eighty seven, with Predator uh, at the top of the list, and I'm sure. Uh, Jesse probably rubbed it into Gorilla for a decent hunk of the rest of the year when he came back. So, um, cause obviously he was not on camera for most of 87. So, um, what did he do? Superstars or was he challenge? What did Jesse do? Uh, superstars. Okay. So did who replaced him? Was it Jimmy? I think Bobby might've 
did it. Yeah, it might have been Bobby. Yeah. And Bruno was still there too, right? At this time. Yeah. 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 Or it so, might have been Jimmy V, even uh Jimmy V. Johnny V. <laughs> Johnny V. Uh it might have been Johnny V. Because because Jesse definitely left yeah. very shortly after WrestleMania three. And I think was gone to like the end of July, beginning of August. Well, like Bobby does like the Saturday's main event stuff that he's not right. there for, I think. So right. I don't know if it was him um, or so. All right. Uh all we have left is a little baseball. Obviously, no NFL. We're in June. Uh, but we do have some uh, MLB games for this date. Saturday, June 13th, 1987. Blue Jays beat the Orioles 8-2. White Sox over the Twins 6-2. Reds beat the Braves in Cincinnati 5-2. Tigers beat the Red Sox 6-4. Uh, the Angels beat the Royals 4-0. Dodgers over the Astros 7-1. Expos beat the Phillies 7-5. Yankees over the Brewers, 4-1. to one. Rick Roden with the win. Dave Brigetti the save. Pirates beat the Mets, probably in the bottom of the ninth because Randy yes. Myers lost. Wow, they were the defending world champions. So, yes, people cared. 4-3 to three, the final. Uh, Indians over the uh, Mariners, 6-1. to one. Padres beat the Giants at the stick, 11-2. to two. Cardinals over the Cubs, 9-2. to two. And the A's beat the Rangers, 10-8. to eight. So, the standings, Blue Jays leading the East by three games over the Yankees, seven over the Brewers, and seven and a half over the Tigers. Uh, in the West, the Twins had a one-game lead over the A's, one and a half over the Royals. In the East, it was the uh, Cardinals with a five-game lead over the Cubs, five and a half over the Expos, and seven and a half over the Mets. And in the West, the Reds had a one-game lead on the Giants, two and a half on the Astros. It's always weird hearing like the old alignment of the divisions. Like, why were the yeah. fuck were the Reds in the West and the Cardinals in the East? Like, none of it makes any sense. Yeah. Bad well, day for the Twins here, but I like their chances going forward. You know, I think yeah. they're putting some together. Yeah. I feel yeah, like well, they're calls too. You know, like call two goes their way, you never know. They could lock yeah. into their first champion. Well, that I division's like, very that division's very mediocre. So you know, yeah, like, hey, let me I tell like, you something. Tigers are in fourth place. You know, they may pull a big trade off. You, you never know. But, yeah, you know? <laughs> I like so. the Twins. Keep an eye on the Twins as the summer moves on. Mm. Yeah, mm. never know. So, uh, so there we go. That is your uh, pop culture corner. All right. With all that said, let's head over to Buffalo uh, and we'll talk about some wrestling history. So, let's pull up some notes, courtesy of our good friend, Mr. Steve Riddle, of course. He was with us a few episodes ago and handles all of our historical facts. Steve, I know you got some stuff, too, so we can pepper it in as we go. Yeah. Um, of course, we are talking about the Superstars that aired on June 13th, 1987. It was taped on June 2nd. Buffalo regular stop for the NWA. This part of the upstate territory which ran from 1932 to 1970. After the territory closed, the city would become a regular house show stop. For the WF, while also being a stop for Canadian syndicated TV show Superstars of Wrestling. Buffalo's hosted five pay-per-views. Do you guys want to take a shot at them? Most of them are modern, obviously. There's more than that, but... Well, uh... Oh, I guess... WWE yeah, pay-per-views. One DCW. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, fully Loaded was first. Fully Loaded yeah. 99. Then November to Remember, but that was ECW separate. Yeah, we'll count uh, that. That's one. Um, then Fall Brawl. 2000. Yep, Fall Brawl 2000, yep. Uh, Great American Bash 2005. Yep. 
Armageddon 2008. Yep. A Night of Champions 2011. Yep. And Battlegrounds 2013. Look at you. This guy knows as, his history. As it kept looking down. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. We got him all. <laughs> We're down right here. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. <laughs> he knows his um, history. He's big on 2011 and 2013 pay per views. That's right. So yeah, that's my favorite shit. That's right. Yeah. The first show ever at the Odd, uh, which our, was our hockey arena, was in 1939. February of 1939. They the Hackenschmidt? They drew 4,896 to watch Jack League over Bill, no, Bob Wagner. Yeah. Mm. Big night at the Odd. Uh, just want to, on a side note, guys. Sean Kidd? Just, Sean Kidd might remember that match. <laughs> um, this just popped up on my screen. Uh, Joel Embiid scored 70 tonight. Oh, yeah. Against uh, against the Spurs. That's it. Well, it's the anniversary of Kobe's eighty-one as well. Yeah, tonight? that's right. It was. Yeah. Oh sure wow. Seventy points and eighteen rebounds tonight. They but the only that's wow, and they only won by ten. I did Cronoso. I did the last show. I did the uh, Hershey Center, and that oh, that's, that's where, where Will scored hundred. Hundred, yeah. So that's yep, pretty cool. hundred. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I went to Hershey. This, I went to Hershey this summer. Um. And at Hershey Park, you can see the the building where Brett and Bulldog fought it in your house five. And Marcus Fuller, I uh, text, I showed him. I said, "Is this? It? I was taking some pictures." Is the giant yeah, center, one right there. Yeah, the yeah. Giant Center. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, there's the Giant Center, but then there's the Hershey Park arena. That, yeah, that open. match. That's what I talked about. So that was yeah. still there. It was still at that it's building still where there. in your house five is still there. Oh, it's I don't know if it's the Hershey Park Arena it's today. It's the right. second oldest operating hockey yeah. arena in North America. Yeah, the Her- well, the Hershey Bears, I think, are the oldest team in the AHL, too. So and they played the, the Giants Center Open was across Park. the street from Hershey Park. Then yeah, the Hershey right. Park amusement yeah. park has yeah. that building in the so, uh, Marcus said they mainly use it for like, training and like housing for like the employees of the not housing, but just like whatever, like training and break areas and all that for the everything the is there. Park. The stadium, Hershey Stadium is there. Yeah. Um, if you I listen to the first 10 minutes of the last Cronoso, I kind of talk about all of what we're talking about right now, the arenas and I worked there. I worked the hockey school there, and um, I met a guy there who had been there for 50 years, and he showed me around, like, this is where the wrestlers went in. This is where I saw Andre the Giant playing cards one night. You know, this is where we would build the ring and all that stuff. It's pretty cool. And so that was also there. the building where uh, where, where uh, Triple H almost uh, got uh, needed a tetanus shot after rolling around in the fucking slop, right? Wasn't that that match? Yeah. Yeah. The Hogton match. Yeah. I wonder if that's so the mix of chocolate and fucking cow slop. <laughs> what a mix. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll leave Hershey behind and head back to Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Props to Embiid, uh, though. Nice night. Yep. Yeah, it's a big night. There was also a, a big ECW taping in 97 there, Steve. Um, that's where Justin Credible's push was really kicking off. Uh, they did an angle where he injured Mikey Whipwreck in his hometown. And there's some other good stuff there. there, too. Yep, I was you, there. Oh, you were at that one? Yeah, yep. that was a good – there was some other – I'd have to look back, but if – for ECW fans, we do a podcast here as well in the North South Connection Extreme Three Way Dance. It's every other Thursday. We're at ninety nine now, um, but the Burt, Burt Flickinger Center was home to many in the um, big in ECW the, moments. In the early nineties, we hosted something called the World University Games here, and they built the Burt Flickinger Center as a facility for that, and it was a perfect ecw venue yeah yeah it looked great it perfect right. size it looked great on tv <laughs> there was balconies you know places for people to jump off of yep. i went to pretty much every show they had there it was well, such the, a fun the, night the, the matches the, from the flick that aired on tv were sandman versus sabu 
This is from December of 1997. Sam Anasabu, Mikey Whipwreck, Justin Credible, Paul Diamond versus Al Snow, Chris Chetty versus Pitbull 2, uh, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney versus Lou Marconi and Wild Bill Wiles, and then Tommy Dreamer versus Taz um, also took place there. And th- that was just the first show. I think they go back there. Um, yeah, here's another one from 98. Oh, so the one in 98 is, is a really good one. Were you at this one, Steve? Uh, April 98 was Bam and Bigelow versus Rob Van Dam mm-hmm. for the TV title. I'm pretty sure that's the that's the change where, and that's a really good match. I went three and three quarters on that. Is that the one where they, uh, that's not the one where he falls, where they go through the thing, right? No, no, that's Taz. Taz. This, this starts RVD's, the epic oh, RVD. I'm sorry. Rage. I thought you said Taz. I'm sorry. Okay. No, this, and that also on that show was a Whipwreck credible rematch. I went three and a quarter. So that's a really good show in April of 98 from the flick. You mentioned Whipwreck being from Buffalo. A few other wrestlers from Buffalo, Ilio DiPaolo. Uh, is sort of a legend, and he's got a rush. There's a restaurant called Ilya Dopalos near the Bills Stadium. And they WCW actually did Ilya Dopalo memorial shows in the 90s. And the second one they did is a huge draw. They got 16,000, raised 160k, and the Giant beat Sting in the main event. Uh, Mark Merrill, Mikey Whipbreck, Lex Luger, Adrian Adonis, and Ted Arcidi, also Buffalo born wrestlers. Luger's in town now lives here again and he's in the wheelchair. So he's got the van. Right. And, he, and you, you, you see, he's, you see him all around town all the time. You'll see his van, you know, like he's uh, just part of the community now, you know? So that's cool. Yep. Yeah. I've been over a few years ago at uh comic con and it's super nice guy yeah. to talk to. Definitely not the guy he was in the nineties, right? No. Uh, all right. Buffalo also obviously numerous raw SmackDown ECWs. Uh, the reason for the title change here, which we're going to talk about, Ricky Steamboat requested six weeks off to be with his wife, preparing to give birth to their son. McMahon would agree to the request, although part of that was that Steamboat had to drop the title. Uh, I don't know. You guys believe in the legend that Butch Reed was the choice, but he no-showed and they went with Honky? I don't yeah. that one's, You believe the, it? Usually yeah. the, the thing against it is always in the locker room celebration. Honky hmm. has said other people, they recorded that the next day in Rochester. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure that it was supposed to be butchered. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be rude. It's or crazy mean. like that. Yeah. How close that honky rain was to not happening. And I guess it not- was there before the show, Hulk and Vince were talking. Oh, Reed's not here. Who should we do? Who should we give it to? And Honky walked by at the right time or whatever. Hulk had him in mind. What about him? That's crazy. Yeah. I uh on our this past uh on our uh on our mailbag episode of uh, Through the Looking Glass on the uh, on the network, uh, Dave Hall and I, we did a mailbag episode in uh, December, and some and one of our questions was, what would have happened if Butch Reed had showed up and beaten Steamboat? We seriously doubt he would have had the. I don't think we. He probably no, would have been, been quick. Long. Yeah, he would have been a transition. He champion. wasn't going to be. Well, cheap. he would have lost it back to Savage, right? Because yeah. the plan was Savage was going to win the title from Honky, and Honky right didn't want to give it up, so. Yeah. Uh, I think Savage just beats Bush Reed probably, probably, and that's it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Maybe on that <laughs> crazy whatever, big show they had in '87 or whatever. You wonder how that would affect like Warriors' big win. Like, there's a lot of little weird yeah. what ifs. That we talked about that. that. Yeah, Dave and I talked about that. The whole ripple effect. Everything would have changed. Would DiBiase had won the belt at WrestleMania four if they decided to keep the belt on Savage? Right. You know, yeah. So. You know, um, with this win, of course, Honky Tuck Man would hold the IC title for 454 days, setting the record for the longest reign, would hold for 35 years until being broken, of course, Cara Day right now by Gunther, who would now holds the record of 600 days and counting. So, no, nah, Honky's settled for second all time. That's still pretty good. Yeah, the, uh, the longest. Oh, yeah. No one cares about the belt anymore. It doesn't matter about Gunther or whoever he is. 
he's the closest maybe since for in, in a long time where he's at now with the belt. So you don't care. That's the difference. I definitely don't. You don't care. Um, all right. So we're going to go ahead and watch this match. Honky Tonk Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Uh, it's on YouTube. I think it might be. I don't know. There's some Superstars episodes on Peacock. I don't know if uh, 87 nah, is not on there. Right? That, yeah. Yeah. It's probably on the. If you watch the prime times on Peacock, I'm sure they showed this on the prime time. I think it's on one of the best of Coliseum home videos that might be on Peacock. Yeah, it's probably too. So All right, but if you search it on YouTube, there's one out there Honky Talk Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Uh, it's about eight minutes long. So we're going to watch this and we'll do a bonus snake pit uh, at the end here. Um, all right, so you guys all queued up? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, let's hit play in three, two, one, go. So was this announced um, the week before on Superstars TV? The like that there was going to be an IC title match? I knew Steamboat would have a title match there. Right. So if you could see in the beginning of the video the, the wide shot of the arena. It's a packed house. Uh, the arena seats were lower gold, gold, then the reds, then the blues, and oranges. And I was an oranges guy. This was a Christmas present, and I was in the lower golds. But on the opposite, I was behind the camera. Right, the camera was like down in front of us. Um, so the uh, but on TV was this announced a week before? Like I don't think, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I know yeah, that it must I have been. Knew, I, I can't imagine they would run out an IC title match with no hype. I knew check, he was uh, WWE, on the um, promos for this show that aired the in set promos on right. TV. It just said. Sav Steamboat will be defending the Intercontinental title next week or whatever. Well, I knew. And so at this moment, I'm the biggest Steamboat fan there. And I turned to my dad as Honky Man. Honky Tonk. So first you hear Fink, he says, this match is for the title. So I stand up. All right, here we go. Steamboat's match. I don't know who he's wrestling till now. Honky Tonk comes out and I turn to my dad and I say, this guy sucks. Steamboat's got it. This guy sucks. He is not <laughs> beating Steamboat. So that's I mean, how. I don't see why anyone would think he would. Like, I, I'm I with you. That. Like, I mean, Steamboat just beat Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 3. There's no signs at all that he's going to lose the belt, especially to Honky, who, yeah, also going to win at WrestleMania 3, but has never presented as any kind of legitimate threat in any way. Steamboat comes out to the Alan Parsons project, too. Yeah. Goosebumps every time. Right, let's see if we can hear some commentary here, right? Because we were trying to figure out with Jesse gone. Um, or would he have been back by well, now? He's there. All right, it's Predators. Yeah, no, he's there. It's Vince, here Jesse, Vince. and Bruno. Vince, Jesse, and Bruno. Okay. Well, he obviously was back because the movie was out now. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, hot start by TV. Steamboat. And these guys have. To, uh, we covered them, Scott. When we did the MSGs, uh, eighty-seven yep. to eighty-eight. They had some really good house show stuff too. Um, both yes. Honky and and uh, Steamboat, and then Honky and Savage. Honky and Steamboat both were diminishing returns a little bit. Like the first Honky Steamboat MSG is good. They get a little shake here. Savage Steamboat, the first one's good. Gets a little shake here. Um, I think as hockey gets to 88, some of that in-ring really turned more into like the gimmick. And it just, I don't know, he lost a little bit of what he, the juice he had in 87, I think, in-ring um, as he leaned more into the kind of chicken shit character into 88. Right, he did. Yeah, you're right. Yep. But. Yeah, this was a treat for me to be there for this. My first show, first taping. Um, and again, I'm super confident right now. Super confident. Steamboat's winning. Am getting a little nervous with Jimmy Hart, though. <laughs> That's true. Starting to make me a little nervous. 
you know, because Steamboat's out there alone. Well, it's been really like it's such a fluid, man. I mean, it's Steamboat, right? So it's like, but the good thing with the TV pace versus like a house show pace or whatever at this time, they're not they're not fucking around. I mean, they're like cruising through this, right? It's like they're right into it. Steamboat unloads flurry, then right into honky yeah. now taking over. And there's no real downtime. It's just go, 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 because they want to squeeze it in, you know, eight minutes or whatever on TV or six minutes, whatever it is. Did it um I mean, obviously, I wasn't watching live at the time, but for, for guys like you that there were fans, did matches like this in any way diminish the bit? Like, we just saw Steamboat Savage, and you know, what you both consider to be a top match of all time. Um, you know, right? The biggest, match. right? The number right, one match, I right? Say. That's your number one match, right? You're on your list. So, the greatest match of all time on the biggest WrestleMania, in, in your mind, the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Yep. Um, Ricky Steamboat goes to war and beats Savage. And then loses the belt in six minutes to the hockey talk man on TV. Like, did that diminish like that run or that belt, or was it just like a fluke thing? I, I never looked at it that way. I wasn't sophisticated enough, probably. Like, how I thought it was a fluke. I thought it was To me, it was just he cheated. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be 20 minutes in to get cheated. You can get cheated anytime. Yeah. He cheated. He grabbed the road and cheated. And, uh, you know, that doesn't make me look back and think that the Savage match was any. That's yeah. good. I mean, obviously his run sucks. It sucks. Right. His run sucks. You know, he does the one Saturday night main event against her. And even that does he not really win clean? Like that's even that's uh, it's, yeah. it sucks. And it wasn't even steamboat. It was his wife really pulling the strings here that wanted right. him off the road who ends up divorcing him and taking all his money a couple of years later. Anyway, you yeah. wonder what he would have been like if he would have said, I mean, obviously you would lose. Would you lose Steamboat Flair? Like, if he just stays IC champ for a while, is he happier and stays, you know? Probably. Uh, Dave Hall and I talked about that, too, on a past episode of Three yeah. Looking Glass. Like, in another universe, if Steamboat doesn't leave. And I forgot who we thought he'd lose to, but we had him holding it. He probably loses probably Savage. Like Survivor Series. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, know, there is. I, you know, the reason he left is because... And it's a lousy roll-up, too. They hated <laughs> him. Like, it looks like total crap. It really does. Oh, did. my God. So, yeah, I mean, that's a shock ending right there. Like, so you got the great stooging by Jimmy. You think that's it. We're going into the finish with Steamboat. And by the way, as you guys can see, as I described, that was right in front of me. Right. You know what I mean? I'm looking right at it. And uh... I'm surprised they didn't do it at a house show. No, I mean, I, well, I think TV is becoming a bigger thing to them in 87, right? Like, we talked yeah. about this in the past. Scott, when you look at, drop it on TV, too. Drafted on TV. Yeah. When well, you look yeah. at the TV post-Mania, they really up the production and up the like the importance. A lot of stuff happens in late 86 and 87. I feel like they really start to pick up um, Strike Force what they're doing on TV. On yep, yep. yep. But I, I was stunned for about a minute, and then I cried. And I cried for an hour, half an hour, however long it could have been. And finally, my dad's like, we got to do something different. And we went <laughs> for a walk. And he bought me nachos and a Hulk Rules foam finger, which I had for like 30 years. Like, wasn't until like a move or two ago that it, I threw it out because it was nasty. My only thing at the end, now that I'm looking at it, I feel like the roll-up was kind of weak. Maybe if he hit. It, maybe if he hit, uh, I think Jimmy should have hit him with the megaphone, or Hunky I think should have hit I him with the megaphone. So I agree. I now that I think about it, I think he should have hit him with the megaphone. Although I mean, he does hook the rope, such but. a cheap win. 
It was yeah. so cheap. Everything about it was cheap and shitty, right? Shitty roll up, shitty grab. He's just yeah. got himself tangled in the ropes practically. Like he fell into it. Just everything about it is cheap and shit. Yeah, it does make it luck, pure luck. Yep. And the whole night, by the way. So what this was like is if your girlfriend dumps you, and then for the next five hours, you have to watch her and her boyfriend come in and out of the room <laughs> right. for various sexual encounters the rest of the night. Like, because he had a title defense later. You know, that he had a moment where they just brought him out just to announce that he won it. This allegedly was recorded in um, Rochester the next day, by the way. Well, it's crazy seeing Savage, like, hug him and, like, uh, you know, embrace him so thoroughly, knowing where they're headed in, a, in the weeks weeks from this, you know. Um, all right. Well, that, that was a fun watch for sure. Um, let's, let's go to the next clip here, and then we'll kind of wrap things with some talk. But um, Real quickly, so in between yeah. the clips – in between the clips, uh, in the process of the taping, Mr. T appears out of the clear blue sky. Like, a match is going to start, and uh, Fink announces Mr. T. And I am still to this day, and was that a huge A-Team fan. So I had temporary relief and enjoyment. And that Mr. angle goes T. nowhere. It goes nowhere, but on that one night, I needed <laughs> for that like, moment. I needed something that night, yeah. and the gods gave me Mr. T, and uh, he then did commentary for a match, right? And I, because we, we, I was staring at him the whole time, you know? and that thing's I, done with, within weeks, right? Pretty much, like he does a, it, it doesn't goes work. nowhere. It doesn't. It, yeah. It's a bust. All right, so the next clip we're gonna find, if you search, uh, it's actually the same channel, uh, Lou Gregory on your yeah, YouTube. Um, Hulk Hogan and Killer Khan on the snake pit. So this is from the same taping. Is it the same Superstars episode? Uh, okay. So this actually wasn't on Superstars at my house. So they filmed this and the match only went to a few markets. Right. And yeah. they only, it only aired in the markets where the match was going to be. So like okay. I never seen this on TV until I was much older Got it. Um, because it was specifically recorded for certain markets. So where Hogan Khan, I think New Jersey is one of them where they wrestle at the Brendan arena. I'm sure if Dave was here, Hollywood, Dave, he's my backup for shit like this. Somehow he knows all where all these matches were, but yeah. So in Buffalo, it didn't air here. So I, you know, um, but it's approximately in real time, an hour and a half after the steamboat match. Okay. Um, and I, and everyone knows Hulk is there. And right. everyone is waiting for Hulk. And they've announced he's going to have, he'll be in the main event. Right. So after they taped all the episodes, they did a dark match, which was a tag match with Hulk. But this is in between there. And uh, you want to count it down? Yeah, it's kind of, so it's, if you just search Hogan and Killer Khan on the Snake Pit, Dirty F87, if you want to watch with us. Again, it's only like uh, three minutes. So if yeah, you want to jump great. in. All right, here we go. In three, two, one, play. In fact, I mean, the tag see, match, the tag, well, just to say the tag match you were talking about, uh, uh, Steve, is uh, Hogan and Coco, yep. who Jake was, who was subbing for Jake against Kamala and Honky. Yeah, well, Jake was so. still kind of messed up from the guitar shot, right, from Honky? Yeah. Yep. yeah. So that was a surgery Dave mentioned he was going on. And that really, again, that's another what if. Like, what if Jake didn't get hurt by Honky in that guitar? You know, what is what does his life look like, right? Does he still, you know. Yeah, 
what you're saying. Right, well, he still probably has an addictive personality, so maybe he finds it somewhere else. But this definitely didn't help. Didn't help the cause. Um, him having this really lot, putting a lot on Honky and taking it off of Jake though too. You know what I mean? Right. I think yeah, yeah, Jake yeah. Puts yeah. a lot of that on him, right. which isn't fair. Uh, I'm sure okay. he finds another trigger point somewhere. Finally, Hulk is here. You know, and I'm happy. Hulk is appeared. Uh, this is sort of down down at the other end of the arena a little bit for me where they had it set up. Uh, but you could see the big light. You could see it very clearly. They did a good job of lighting right. it for us. And he's being Hulk, you know, and this is awesome. And I got my new foam finger. I'm waving it around. I'm happy. He's back for the dead. Back I'm happy. Dead. I'm happy. For a minute, this, I'm uh, thinking about Steamboat, and I'm happy. And Hogan looks awesome here. I mean, he is he's lean. Yeah, oh, he's um, Hulk, right? He's... Yeah, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Jake and his peer, Don Johnson. Um, had Killer Khan been on, or is this like his intro? I didn't know him at the time. Doesn't mean he wasn't <laughs> on. I didn't know who he was. I knew I knew who Killer Khan was. I like how Jake had to grab Damien because he was sliding off the platform <laughs> thing. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And now look what happened. So on everyone in the Place to Be Nation watching this, just imagine you're a seven-year-old boy. This is how your night is going. <laughs> you finally get to go to the matches with your dad. See your heroes. Your two favorite guys are Steamboat and Hogan. Steamboat has lost his belt. <laughs> and now look what happens to Hulk. God, Khan has like such a terrible body, too. He oh, really does. No. Not a big body guy, but like, there you go, the mist. Oh, and then he's, then he's out of there. Through the cave, through the cave. You gotta be kidding me. My dad. I mean, this this it. felt like a money money moment right here. I mean, and they had to kill time for Hogan, right? So Andre's back. Right. He's having the surgery, so uh, they had to fill this gap somehow. Khan, to me too. Like I didn't know much about him because when I started watching again, he was a distant memory. But when my brother gave me all his old magazines, that's where I learned to kill a Khan. Was reading in that eighty-seven time frame where they were teasing him coming, teasing him coming, and then he just vanishes. Look at how devastating they make this look, too. I mean, Jake who's not necessarily a Hogan guy in my mind. Right. Puts his jacket off. He's trying to wipe off his... I'm telling my dad, Hogan's blind, dad. They, Hogan yeah. just lost his sight. He's not going to be... That's a lot. He had a lot of shit in his mouth, too. My yeah, God. that was a big blast. Wow. Look at the way they... So now we're... Uh, are any of their matches... Gorilla shows up. Hey, Gorilla's out there. Are any of their matches anywhere? Uh, yes. They're out there. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing... Uh... I want, did they do one at Boston Garden? Maybe that's taped. Again, this is a Dave moment. We need Dave for things like this. You know how Frank the Tank from Barstool has that guy that follows him around now? I need <laughs> Dave to take that job. Just follow me around, and if I need a Hulk fact, he just gives it to me real quick. But, yeah, so then I cried again for an hour. And then uh, pretty much until Hulk came out, and I knew he could see again uh, for his match. And um, the night ends with Hulk posing. And me, like, trying to enjoy, like, uh, like I'm done by that. <laughs> You're out. I actually yeah. saw Killer Khan uh, about a month, month and a half before I was at a, another taping, challenge taping in New Haven. It was the 24th of April. And uh, I was with my brother. And Killer Khan and Fuji were on that snake pit, too. Uh, there were a couple of snake pits. Who was on those snake pits? Uh, George Steele. Um Oh no, Tito, Danny Davis, and Coco were guests of the Snake Pit. That was in May. I mean, Snake Pit has um, a longer run than you think. You know, like it's it's a decent little run. I think people who aren't weren't in this era need to remember too. They built Andre and Hulk 
in a show like that, right? At Piper's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, totally. they, those, they use those, those mattered. You know, those and they, really they matter for a while because yeah, even really you have stuff that happens in the funeral parlor in like 1991, right. 92, the, the barbershop. Yeah, what's uh, that? Heartbreak Hotel in '94 stuff happens on there yeah. too, so they they keep it like yeah, you know, they keep them going. That stuff um, is important. So Brother Love, I mean, a shitload of stuff happens on the Brother Love show. That's a catalyst. To see all go down like that was rough, yeah. rough stuff. But he didn't come back that night, and uh, I left with a smile on my face. But man, what a rough night, man. The first Killer Con Hogan match that year was July 10th in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um. I don't see him again. I don't see Killer Khan and Hogan again for for most of the. He was he was uh he was laying down. Or he was uh I know beating was a Outback couple, Jack a lot. <laughs> so I know hmm. there was a couple, but yeah. All right. Well, again, if you're watching and you listen to the next Twenty Four Inch podcast, I'll ask Dave. I'll ask Dave this question on the next. There you go. You're gonna do what Twenty Four Inch on the Killer Khan feud? It'd be five minutes, but yeah, yeah. Make a tag. Oh, it July thirty first, they wrestled in Landover. I get. Oh, here we go. Summertime. They actually wrestled the Meadowlands on August first. Yeah, they did wrestle a little bit in the summertime before okay. uh, Hogan came uh, before um uh, Andre. All right, see so yeah, who's our uh, who's our MVP of what we watched. Oh, it's got to be Honky, right? Unfortunately, yeah, Honky, right? Yeah. I What's mean, your? He starts off the run of runs. Yeah. What's your uh, match grade on that? Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, these are hard to grade. Yeah. You know, it's not meant yeah. to be. It's 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 there to tell the story of Honky is your new champion. And I mean, they do five star home run on that. It's not a five star match, right. but they did with that. So I don't know, two and a half. Yeah, fair. two and a half feels right. Yeah, best, yeah two and a half. Yeah, I agree. All right. That's good. All right. That'll do it for us here for tonight. Scott will be back in two weeks uh, onto a new town. We'll fire up the, the car and head off. Um, and it's, it's, it's a town we've name dropped a few times here tonight. So be sure to check out yep. two weeks from today and uh, we'll be visiting there. Steve, thanks for joining oh, us I as always. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, Love being on. Get me back on the rotation. Totally. Of course, pick a new town. We'll get you back in. Of course, check Love. out the Sportscasters podcast. There you go. Uh, check out the Sportscasters podcast and then Bob Costas interview. Check out everything here, North South Connection uh, as well, both on our video channel. We have a lot of good content. One thing, North South thing I want to plug. Uh, Dave and I did in the Royal Rumble countdown, number six, all Kogan. Went up right. yesterday, I think. And Scott and uh, Toolman did uh, Rick, I mean, uh, Triple H at number That's five. five right? That's and five, me and yeah, Keithy yeah. did Ric Flair. Uh, so we're all, all yeah, popped in with one out. of those. Check those out. I made a spirited argument that Flair should have been number one in ours, uh, just based on 92 alone. I don't care about mm -hmm. anything else. It's the greatest rumble, and he wins the world title, and it's the greatest performance. And that should outweigh all volume to me. I, I said the only people I would accept as one are Hogan, Flair, and Austin. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't think Austin's dropped yet. So we'll see as of this recording. Anyway, they'll all be dropped. I think by the time this yeah. hits. Um, and then also check out if you subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, our North Connection, in the shorts category or on Facebook Reels or Instagram or TikTok. Ryan Gray and I are counting down uh, every WrestleMania match ever. Four hundred two to one. Four hundred two to one. You guys every are serious. <laughs> every time I open up social media, two ugly faces. Hey, Ryan, oh, hey, you, you guys are absolute sadists. But they're all they're all a minute or less. They're all a minute or less, oh, so they're they're quick. They're uh, we're doing all 402. All 402. And the way you stagger them ensures that every time I open Instagram, the first video is going to be YouTube. 
That's the goal. Check them out and share it. And if you if you want to catch up, if you're new and you didn't know about it, on the YouTube yeah. shorts, if you go to the, there's a playlist of them. You can watch them all in order. Only 300 so, more to go. You can watch them that way. We're cruising. We're, Braun Panties match. Our goal up. is that number one drop on WrestleMania Saturday this year. So. I've never wanted WrestleMania come quicker in my life. <laughs> all right, we're going to wrap up. We'll be back in two weeks. Take care. Check out everything across all of our feeds. Hey, the Oh, Lord, I got all, I got the honky-tonk Honky-tonk blues Hey, the honky-tonk blues Hey, Lord, I got them I got the honky-tonk blues I'm gonna tuck my worries underneath my arm And scat right back to my pappy's farm And leave his honky-tonk blues Hey, the honky-tonk blues Honky Tonk Blue